The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, this is Mike Rogers with another great Welsh Wire conversation. Now, here's Sherry Welsh. Welcome to the Welsh Wire. Today, we're in beautiful Vicksburg, Michigan, and we're sitting down with our friend, Kevin Murphy, the president and co-owner of Miniature Custom Manufacturing in beautiful Vicksburg, Michigan. Kevin, welcome to the Welsh Wire. Well, thank you very much for having me. We're so glad to have you here today. We are honored, folks, to be in the presence of one of Michigan's recently awarded 2019 50 Companies to Watch. Kevin, what an incredible honor for your firm. It was an incredible honor. You know, we're we're very blessed and very lucky to uh, receive the award. And, um, you know, I can't take the credit. It's our company yeah. that got us to where we are. And it's the men and women that work for MCM for the reason why we won the award. Absolutely. And and that's such a humble and a kind thing for you to say. And so true, because none of us do what we do without a team behind us. Correct. Um, making us all successful. It, it is a group effort for sure. Tell us a little bit more about Miniature Custom Manufacturing, about the company, what you do, and how you got started in the business. Great. Um, our company, Miniature Custom Manufacturing, started in 2007. Ah, pretty new company then. Yeah, we've been, yeah, you can say that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that uh, we started in a garage. My uh, my business partner, Steve Shoemaker, he started in his brother's pole barn garage, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, in Richland, Michigan. Okay. And that was in 2007. He started with one machine and uh, one job. <laughs> <laughs> he was still working at the time as well, so it was a uh, it was a side job. Yeah, but uh, he started it, and one job grew into two, that grew into three, and and so all on. out of the garage in Richmond. All out of the garage. That's great. Um, got to two injection molding machines in the in the garage, and then got too big, and ended up uh, quitting his current job and moving to Galesburg, Michigan. Wow. And where he ended up growing to six molding machines by 2012. Oh, wow. So he had some pretty rapid expansion from that garage to that location in Galesburg. And, and the best part about it, and we laugh about this all the time, he was a one-man band. That is crazy. He was literally running all these machines. That's correct. Just on first shift, um, and he said first shift was enough, and I, I can understand that. <laughs> Um, but he did the quality, he did the setting of the tools, he did the maintenance on the machines, he did you name it, he did it all. So he must have had a pretty strong injection molding engineering background to come I, into this? Is that what he brought? I would say that he he makes fun of me for this, but I call him the machine doctor. <laughs> um, his background is machine controls and automation. Okay. And he he can walk up to an injection molding machine, listen to it. And know what's wrong with it. Oh, what a gift. He, he's just, when you got a doctor that can diagnose issues, I, I, that's why I call him the doctor. He is just very yes. strong when it comes to controls and understanding pneumatics, hydraulics, PLCs. Um, he does our IT for our company. Oh, wow. So he's just, and he never went to college, mm. self-taught. Um, for him. Just, just a 
very brilliant man, and, and I'm lucky to have him as a business partner. You sure are. What a wonderful entrepreneurial story. Absolutely. When did you come into the business then? Not at the garage standpoint, the nope. Galesburg standpoint, or tell us about how that happened. So, you know, and I don't remember the year, but we, we were neighbors. Um, okay. Neighbors in Kalamazoo. I, I think I was probably 24 years old. Um, I bought my first house and just excited to have a house, be in the neighborhood, started sure. meeting the neighbors and I meet Steve and Steve was my kitty corner neighbor in my backyard. Okay. And, um, at the time I was a sales rep for a, a staffing company and I was selling engineering services and I, I knew nothing about injection molding. Um, <laughs> in fact, I didn't even know what Steve did. Right. Um, we just became buddies. You were like back fence buddies. That's like, right. That's you know, right. How's exactly. your lawn doing? And uh, we did you talk know, about what the day's lawn. garbage pickup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, one thing led to another. Then you're drinking beer on the back deck. Sure. And then, and then you start the conversations about, well, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. And um, he tells me, I, I do injection molding. And I, I knew what injection molding was, but I didn't know anything else than parts you know, a machine, the tool opened and parts fell out. And that right. was, that was all I knew. Sure. And so, um, you fast forward a couple of years, we get to really know each other, become like pretty, really good buddies, best buddies. And, um, he's, uh, he's actually 10 years older than I am. So, you know, he has more, I'll call it life experience than oh, I do. Of course. And so he, valuable. it was very valuable. He's fixing things at my house for me. He's oh. showing me the ropes. And, and so anyway, I, he says, you got to come by my shop sometime in Galesburg. And I said, okay. So I came by his shop, saw what he did, fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. I was like, what do you, you just make parts all day? And he's like, that's all I do. And he's like, it's kind of lonely. I'm by myself. You know, it's not that fun. Um, I like, I like what I do, but I, I have nobody to talk to, you know, it's yeah. kind of, I, I kind of felt bad. And I was like, all right, well, and he's like, you know, we should be business partners. Some, you know, would you ever consider that you could sell for the company and do the operations and, you know, I can do the other stuff. And I was like, you know, at the time I was doing well at my old job and yeah. um, I just didn't want to leave. Sure. Oh, and, sure. And, I, and I'll tell you the fear of being my own, like an entrepreneur and starting yes. something was, was just deep rooted and I had very good security. And so long story short, a couple of years went by. Um, my job, my corporate job, it just wasn't going the direction that I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. And one day I was on a conference call and I, I was I was just not going to get the opportunity that I wanted. And so I, I, I told myself, I said, you need to take a leap of faith here. You need to believe in yourself. You said you wanted to do this since I was, I, since I was a kid. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So you, that was in your mind early as a kid, yet you admit that you had that fear and terrible your fear, gut, terrible fear that you didn't want. It's to a fear of the unknown. Yeah. it's the getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, and so yeah, that, that's real. That's real for a lot of entrepreneurs. And and I don't know how to tell you this. You've been at it a little while now, but it doesn't ever really go away. <laughs> no, no. There's always still <laughs> right. There's yeah, but but, fe but fear can drive you as well. It in, sure in a positive can. Way. It can motivate you. That's right. Because once you have people to take care of and a business to run, it drives you in a very powerful way. That's always right. to do better for right. everyone on your team. Absolutely. So interrupting your story, no, no but problem. nonetheless, I get it. I get where you're at with that. So here you are, and you're, you have a, a cataclysmic moment. I, I do. I, so. I got up from that conference call. I walked out of the building. My coworker said, where are you going? I said, somewhere else. Yeah. I got up. I drove from downtown Kalamazoo down over to Galesburg. I walked in a shop. I, had, I actually had a tear in my eye, and I said, let's do it. And he said, don't F with me, was what he said. <laughs> and, I, and I said, no, I'm not. I said, I, I can't, I'm not going to do 
what I do anymore. And he's like, well, you got a mortgage. You got all this. You got, you know, you got, and I said, I don't care. He's like, I, we can't pay you anything. I said, I don't care. Yeah. We'll make this work. I said, we're going to, we're going to do this. Oh, good for you. And so, uh, that was in 2013, um, in the beginning of 2013. And so, uh, I've never looked back since. Isn't and so that we were great. two guys, we moved to Vicksburg, um, four months later, moved to Vicksburg, um, Why Vicksburg? Why did you pick Vicksburg to relocate? By accident. To? Okay. And, and the reason we couldn't find any buildings at the time, this is, you know, I, in 13, there wasn't a lot of yeah. commercial buildings around. And um, there was, especially with high ceilings. Because you and needed that. For injection molding, yep. you can't, you can have low ceiling, but it's it doesn't fare well, especially we do two shot molding and you can't, one of the barrels sticks up in the air. And so it's very tough to do. Yeah. Anyway, so we moved down here. Um, it's just the two of us. We hire our first employee. I start just pounding the pavement on sales because that was my, you know, the main background. You knew that how I had. to do that, and that That's was valuable to Steve because he was the engineer. Steve does not like to talk that. to customers. Yeah, <laughs> I will just say that doesn't surprise me, knowing who he is. Yep, Absolutely, yep, and yep. that's okay. So you were you were an amazing team, yin and yang. Correct. Really, yeah, I mean, you that's knew a great nothing way about what it. he did, and he really didn't know anything about your world and expertise. But together, what an amazing team! So, you know, one got to two, got to five. We hired a quality manager. Um, got to 10, and by 2014, we were probably 20 employees. Mm. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to now, we're 70. Isn't that terrific? And what are the markets that you serve? Because it's it's um, injection molding, but it's high volume. Yeah, injection so we, molding we do components. a lot of automotive. Um, being in West Michigan, we're a tiered supplier to the big three and and, and mostly all the OEMs. Tier but, two suppliers? Uh, we're tier two, yep, tier two to the tier ones, yep. exactly. yep. Um, and, and that's our sweet spot. That's where we want to stay in automotive. Um, we also do a lot of food packaging. So we nice. do like a lot of protein scoops, salt caps, um, for a lot of the household products you use today. Sure. Um, and, and people would be surprised out a little old Vicksburg, Michigan, but, um, we've just been very lucky with some opportunities and worked very hard and we're able to obtain them. And, um, so we, we really do a lot of, try to do a lot of food packaging, um, and then a little bit of medical. Awesome. Awesome. So what landed you on the 50 companies to watch for this year? Why Why were you selected for that very big honor as a company? So we were nominated by uh, Karen Smoots of the Green Glove Dryer. I um, know Karen. Yep, I didn't yep. know she So we make her product. Do you we really? Do. Oh. I hope she's okay with us saying that. I I'm know she sh- is. I know her well. I'm sure she is. That's great. And so one day I got a nomination for it and you had to apply and go yeah. through a couple rounds and every question I came back to the same thing. Well, why, why are you a good fit for this? And I, and, and it was easy because of our people. It was our people. It, that is why we won this award, our people and our growth, Yeah. but it's our, it's our growth with people. Right. So what is it about your people that that's your secret sauce? What, it, how it's, have you assembled the team that's different from anybody else out there? So I, I don't know that, we're necessarily different than any when you compare us to another injection molder that that everybody makes widgets everybody has in, equipment and that sure. the only thing that you can do differently is how you how you manage how you develop your culture mm-hmm. and and I and I come back to that word culture it's very important um, culture having a strong culture is is the number one it's the it, people say sales are the lifeblood of an organization I agree with that but right behind it is your culture because without a strong culture you're gonna you're gonna turn people over. Yeah. You're, it, it just 
call I, I just that word resonates so hard with me. Culture. So what does that mean here at MCM? What does that look like, feel like mm-hmm. that culture? So so we manage our business on three things. It's people first, quality second, production third. And so that people first, I, I, I believe in the golden rule. You treat you do one to others that you want others to do to you. I, I never ask someone to do something that I wouldn't do myself, number one. We we get other people to own their positions to lead. Um, we're not micromanagers. We, I'm not gonna, I, I don't like task people. Mm-hmm. I like thinkers. I don't like doers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you gotta, the world's gotta have both, but, sure. um, we, we really work on coaching, teaching and development, um, teaching in the moment. So there's a situation that happens. I'll stop even in a, even in a production meeting, I will stop our production meeting to teach and work with that individual right there in the moment. And, and, and from great. a leadership style, I'd say that is my style is teaching and development in the moment. Um, and I've, I've tried to emulate that with our staff and, and, and we work very hard on don't tell someone to do something, teach them. Yeah. Work with them, have them understand how to do it so that they can pass that down the chain. Beautiful. Just barking orders at someone isn't how you're going to build a strong culture. Right. Teaching someone, developing someone into a leader is how you're going to develop a strong culture. What does that mean for your employees? I, and just guessing that they respond to that really, really well. Kind yep. Of, yep. Loyalty there, turnover must be next to nothing. So I've never been a yeller. Um, I've never been a screamer. I've never, I've never, um, if we have to discipline, obviously we'll sit down and have a conversation, but I encourage people to make mistakes, make aggressive mistakes. And, and, and why? I guess for myself, that's how I've learned growing, mm-hmm. growing this business is I've, I'd be lying to say I haven't made a ton of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Some of them are calculated mistakes. You know, you, you take risk, whatever, and it doesn't work out, sure. and it's considered a mistake. But go out and make them. Yeah. Because that's how that's the best that's the best learning lesson you can. Right. You're never going to forget that mistake. You're you're going to say I don't want to do that again. Right. How do how do I change? How do how do I how do I think differently the next time? So that that's what we try to emulate here, and. and you know, I, I'd be lying to say it's not hard mm-hmm. um, to manage, quote unquote, man, I'm going to call it lead people. Right. I, don't, I don't like the word manage. I like the word lead. We struggle to lead millennials. Um, it's mm-hmm. very, but the thing I've learned with that is it's all about your culture. Yeah. And, and, and so- Well, I, finding the right fit for individuals within that generation that fit your culture, because I, I think, and tell me if you think this is wrong, but I, you know, I think to a large extent, we sort of say millennials look like this. And we put a label on them. They're all the same. Well, you and I wouldn't like that if someone put. No, a I'm technically on us. considered They're... a millennial. I'm 36 years old. So, and clearly, you um, don't think like quote unquote the millennials. I don't. Right? I, I don't necessarily like that word. Um, right. Because so it's become that, a negative connotation. It, it absolutely has, and 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 labeled as a group of people that we can't work with or are difficult right. to work with That's and right. make unrealistic demands. But and, and you know what? I think in every generation there are folks like that, but there are also a lot of folks who think differently and obviously have fit your culture really well because you've got I, I looked around here you've got quite a few millennials we've got quite a few young people yes in this organization um, and they're doing good jobs for you so so one of the things well what do you what do you do how do you work with them you need your business your culture needs to evolve yes you you can't you can't just today say that I'm gonna set my culture and say that this is the way it's going to be always. You have to be willing to change. Yeah. And, and leadership is about change management. Yes. And and if you can change other people's thought process, how they act, how they do, whatever, just the word change. Mm-hmm. If people, if you can get your people willing to change, 
the sky's the limit. Right. Oh, absolutely. Because we're working in a world right now that's changing at breakneck pace. That's correct. Like never that's before. Correct. So if you can get people comfortable with that and embracing that, you're a winner. And then if you can get them out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Not into, there's three, there's three levels. I, I, I've read a lot of business books. I've read a lot of just, you name it, books. And, and a Do you have a favorite? Good to great. Okay. And tell me why that is. Because we try to emulate this at MCM. It's, it's about hiring good people. And then it's about getting them on the right seat on the bus. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of times in an interview, yeah, I can look at your experience or I'll sit down with you, but I'm interviewing you as the individual. I want to, most people are smart and they can learn. If you have core, good core competencies, I, I, aside from, you know, having an accounting degree or something that you're specific in, but our project manager never had any project experience before she came here. Our customer service manager never had customer service before she came here. So how, what do you do in your hiring process mm-hmm. without that previous experience or track mm-hmm. record to show that they can do it? What do you do to make sure that when you're hiring them, they can do what you think they're capable of? Um, how do you know that? I, I like a lot of the STAR method, situation, action, result. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, I like to ask them, tell me about a time when. I, I give them scenarios. How would you handle this? Um, Ask them about their family. Mm-hmm. Ask them about their upbringing. Not that I'm judging someone on that, mm-hmm. but I want to understand what makes this person tick. Sure. What What drives them? Is it are you kids? What you know? Whatever. Right. Whatever it is. Um. How do you do what you do? Mm-hmm. You know what What do you What's in, What's important to you in life? What are you looking to get out of this life? Mm-hmm. You know. Do my values align with yours? Do Do I? Do you? Where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. These are important things. And when someone can say to you, well, I don't know, that's probably not the right fit. Right. I, I want right. A, I want a driven individual. I want someone that is going to run through brick walls and not be afraid to. Mm-hmm. I want someone that's not a, that believes in themselves. I, I want someone that's willing to fail, willing to take a little bit of risk. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, this, I'm going to stay inside my box and, and never leave it. It's not a good fit for someone in this company. Yeah. And, and and for most companies, I don't think that's a great fit. I think you're right about that. But Absolutely. So your people, I mean, that that is your secret sauce, so to speak. I mean, that's your that's element that, that really attracted the attention of the folks in 50 Companies to Watch and said, yeah, you are deserving of this. And you mentioned your growth, too. Your growth has been phenomenal. Well, they, well growth doesn't come without good people. Absolutely. So, so they say, you know, that was a question. How do you grow? How, do, how are you growing so fast? How We've been growing at 20% plus a year for the last three years. We're on pace to grow 40% this year. Outstanding. It, it is outstanding, but it doesn't happen without the right people on the right seat. Right. And, and we just have great folks. We have zero, 98% retention in our office. You can't say that about the shop floor, but it is manufacturing. Right, right. We have good retention, but it could always be improved. Sure, um, sure. But, but it, probably better than most, I would guess, if you benchmarked against companies of your size, just because of what you do for people and developing them and treating them with respect and giving them the autonomy to really use their brains and their creativity and their gut for doing the right thing, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you foster you foster a lot of that, and then which makes this a great place to work. So, um, what are there any challenges that you have faced that you've had to overcome? Um, tell us a lesson learned, maybe Kevin, and in, in your growth along the way, because we know it's not always easy. There are days, <laughs> certainly there are days. You know, a lesson learned. I, I think in the very beginning, when I started six years ago, I wasn't willing to change as quickly. 
as, as, uh, as I need to now, as I do and need to now. Um, and it hurt us. Also, my business partner was very set in his ways. He had one way of doing things. And so for me, the challenge was trying to get him to be more open-minded mm-hmm. and have more of a vision for the future. Okay. Um, and, and we were very, in the beginning, it was, well, we, we just got to be able to make a paycheck for both of mm-hmm. us, you know, and that was the goal. And then it became, no, we want, we want an opportunity and we want to, we want to really grow this thing. Well, you got to, you got to have a vision for that. You bet. And, and, and short sightedness was, was probably one of the main things that I, we had to overcome. Okay. And then one would ask, well, how do you do that? Um, reading, reading, mm-hmm. reading books, talking, getting mentors, um, talking to people who have done it in the past. Mm-hmm. I, I did all those things. Staying humble. Yeah. Not being arrogant. Uh, you know, right now you could say, oh, you're doing so great. Yeah, but we have a long way to go. Sure. You know, there's a lot more to accomplish here. There's there's a lot more success that we want to have. Mm-hmm. And, and I define that success as, do you, do you have a culture where when – when someone retires at the end of it, they say, man, I'm glad I worked for that company. Right. That's or what you the, want. Or, oh, my gosh. Or absolutely. They, or now the hiring is easier because people are applying because they want to work here. They, and they're, but yeah, you have to create employ- that. Yeah. Your employees are recruiting their family and friends right. and neighbors and whatever to come here because this is the best place I've ever worked. Right. Absolutely. You know, you walk a, a new potential prospect candidate through the shop floor and people go. are jumping out and saying, you want to come to work here? This is an awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. So good lessons learned along the way. Mm-hmm. So, um, any anything in your experience in particular that you would say, boy, if I only knew this way back when, that you might share with someone who's a budding entrepreneur, either wanting to start something on their own or, you know, in the midst of getting something off the ground or even, you know, 10 or 15 years into it. Like, wow, if I'd only known this. I think this beginning. one's really easy to answer. Sure. Uh, six months in to whatever you start, you're going to panic. At least mm-hmm. I did. And... And that's when you have to work harder and believe in yourself even more. Oh, that's and great. six months into this, I, I thought, did I make the wrong decision? Yeah. And and it was just because it was very hard. I, I don't know how else to say it than that. Everything was, I had to learn so many new things. I had to work harder than I ever did in my life. I had to jump through more hoops, paperwork, whatever, things that I, I, I was completely out of my comfort zone. Every single day. And it was like, man, can I just get back to what I'm good at or what I know? And, and, and it was like, I was almost like testing myself or someone was testing me and saying, nope, you got to keep doing this and get yourself out of your comfort zone is mm-hmm. the best advice I can give as much as you can. Cause that's when we learn. We don't learn in the fear, but we learn when we're out of our comfort zone. Right. And right. When it turns into fear, you got to get yourself back into that uncomfortable. And you got to find a way to do that, whether it's asking for help, working with a mentor, whatever it might be. But you you gotta you gotta believe in yourself at the end of the day and say, "I did this for a reason. I can do this." Yeah. And go after. You know, do do you believe? Is is don't be afraid to take risk and don't be afraid to fail. Oh, failure's how we learn. You bet. I couldn't agree more. Great advice. Great story. Thank you. On the success. So, Kevin, if our listeners want to get in touch with you and follow up on something that they heard you say or, you know, have a question for you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Sure. Um, you could email me. Um, my email is uh, kmurphy, K-M-U-R-P-H-Y, at miniaturecustommfg.com. 
the thing that everyone messes up is spelling miniature. So please make sure you spell miniature correctly. <laughs> it hap- happened to me the first few times. <laughs> <laughs> so just uh, that that's the one thing that'll bounce the email back. So just make sure you do that. Great. And your website again is miniaturecustommfg.com. Terrific. We're sitting with Kevin Murphy, the president and co-owner of Miniature Custom Manufacturing, also known as MCM. They are one of Michigan's 2019 50 companies to watch. Congratulations on your honor this year. And thank you so much for being our guest on The Welsh Wire. Thank you for listening to The Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.